This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Here's another Lulu and Michael podcast. For all the bits you missed from Joy 94.9. Oh, you're listening to Lulu and Michael driving you home and it's nearly home time for those of you at work. Not long now, maybe an hour, an hour or two, depending how late you work, I guess. <laughs> well, that's right. People <laughs> finish at all times these days. I never actually uh, know because I'm not a nine to five, as you know, James. No, that, no. that's right. You're a lady of the night at times. <laughs> We don't go into that on this right. show, no. Although um, I was out not long ago because mm. I do sometimes socialise in my spare time and I went to a, a restaurant for dinner and they had the um, Embarrassing Bodies shows on TV. Oh, love it. While you were eating, mm. which is really... While you were eating? Yeah. So there was oh, some no. operation on something, vagina that had some lumps or something mm, mm. and we're having lasagna, which just no. didn't work. No, it doesn't, that doesn't really work. I think they'd had something on before it and then the show had suddenly changed and yeah. and I just sort of started to go, is that that it? Oh my God, that is a vagina. So see, some people love eating that. Um, <laughs> but you know, if, if it's on embarrassing bodies. Oh, but it's not when it's not a healthy looking one either. No, no, you only want to eat something that's healthy. And speaking of uh, unsightly things, mm, mm. there was a, a little news article. A hotel in New Zealand has banned Lycra. Cycling oh, shorts. What? Yes, I know. As they find that the bumps and bulges are inappropriate. Oh, this is just rude. And unsightly. Like, I know that... See, this... is this. I love how the hotel... So, they've banned people from walking around the hotel in Lycra. And I'm assuming it's active wear that people are... Well, it just says no Lycra shorts. They're allowed to wear footy shorts, tracksuit pants and... Jandals, well, that's thongs. Right, okay. But I think they've they've put out a huge generalisation about this because the hotel also says that, you know, some customers are elderly and don't need to see how much detail is in the shape of somebody, uh, somebody's... You know, Pants. region. But, you know, there's a lot a of dirty old ladies out there that like to look. You know, just because it doesn't matter how old someone is, they might still like looking at someone's <laughs> junk. <laughs> oh, Michael's arrived. <laughs> no, they. <laughs> I'd, I'd say bring it on. You know what? I want to go one step further. I want to say bring on a hotel where everyone wears lycra. No, no, see. Bring it on. I'm a fan. But the thing is, you're talking about, like, I can see in, in your little eyes there, James, mm, that mm. you're talking about a very fit man in a lycra short. That's what it's in front of me, yep. Yeah, but that's not always who wears the lycra. <laughs> You've got to think about what you're saying. <sighs> I don't know. I'd, I'd rather take that take that chance, you know. Do you know my, my friend's um, ex-husband, I'll say now, because they've broken up, <laughs> will not be a surprise he wants to tell you this story but right. she used I, I was always saying to her I think he's gay like I'm mm. just pretty sure he is and mm. she was like no 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 he's not you know we've got two kids we're happy blah 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 no it doesn't mean anything but his casual wear in mm. inverted commas <laughs> was a onesie hot pink lycra jumpsuit oh wow stick on when he got home. See, that's, that's, that's so many issues there all at once you know <laughs> and you know it's not one lycra is not comfortable and pink come pink. on and a onesie like those ones in um, Borat, you know, with the... Oh, oh gosh. Was yeah. It, is that what he was wearing around the house? <laughs> yes. Oh, so that's, that's disturbing. <laughs> Look, if you're a fan of Lycra, are you a Lycra, yay or nay? Because let us know, 0427-JOY949 or on air at joy.org.au. What, do you, are you a fan of the Lycra? 
Yay or nay, let us know because we've got a great prize to give away, Lulu. In public, like, are we talking? Oh, not absolutely. just wearing it around the house. Like, no, no. Don't mind seeing the bulge. The bulge and the beautiful. <laughs> I'd watch that. Can we start that show? <laughs> you would. Channel 9, get on it. <laughs> That's Lulu and James, actually, if truth be told. Isn't it, James? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. You look like you were just like, am I? Am I meant to be on? <laughs> well, I'm no Michael, but I'm here. <laughs> that's it. Well, you aren't, but that's fine. It's actually quite a nice change for me. Um, we have got some guests coming up today. We've got heaps of guests, actually. Shall I tell you them all, or should I just give you a little oh, Just snippet? give me a taste. Just give me a taste. All right, give so me a teaser. Very, very soon, we're talking to Luigi and Angela from Tick, Tick, Boom, which oh. is the writer of, of Rent, the musical. It's the guy who wrote that, who sadly passed away. His lesser-known work, Tick, Tick, Boom is coming to Melbourne, so that'll be interesting to hear what that one's about, because obviously Rent's a huge, successful musical, so I'm sure it'll be a good one. And we've also got um, Ella Caldwell coming in to talk about some things going on at Red Stitch, so it's a bit of a theatre day for us today. Oh, well, some things never change. No, that's true. That is just purely our show, really, when I think about it. Now, one of my favourite topics in the whole world mm. is dogs. Oh, we've got some dog talk coming, do we? Yes, and... Um, some these dogs have been in the news. Mm. Can you guess? No. Come on. I can. I, I know exactly. I know, <laughs> but I'm trying to keep the suspense. <laughs> it's Pistol and Boo. Oh. They're just my favourite. Did you see them when they're on the news? Yeah. So they're, When they're in they're, the prison. They've been the deported, glass. right? Yeah, they were. Right. Okay. But when they were filmed in the prison, the prison in inverted commas, because it was a beautiful mansion glass house and they were in the window playing with their ball <laughs> not knowing what was coming they're so cute they uh, look i'm not a fan of yap dogs oh come on you can't say that to me i've got a chihuahua i know you i know you do and I, it goes around in your bag and everything it's it's sitting here now <laughs> it, it does not sound bark. like that <laughs> She doesn't actually buck and she speaks English, so that's just not what she sounds like. Um, so anyway, for those of you who don't know this story, Deputy, Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce Ugh. actually uh, fined Don, Johnny Depp's wife, Amber Heard, because she smuggled these dogs in. Yeah, she on lied on the application form. jet. Yeah, what did she say? They're not dogs. No dogs. <laughs> They're not dogs. They're stuffed toys with batteries. Yep. Do you have any pets? No. <laughs> I can hear something. No. Nothing there. But does that mean no one searched it? They can't have searched the well, plane. They it, just got it to fill in the form. That's I, like, do you have anything to declare? No. And I have not walked through muddy plains in Africa. Yes, but, you know, everyone does that when they fill out the form. Just I always didn't pat no. that mad cow. No, absolutely not. Yes. Well, she got fined uh, $1,000, <laughs> which is like 10 cents to them. Yeah, exactly. It just fell out of her purse. <laughs> or out of Boo's collar. <laughs> and... Um, she got a good behaviour bond. What does that mean? It means she, she can't, can't do it again in the like next 12 months. <laughs> she, no, it's only a month. Oh, is that all? One month good behaviour bond. So in the next month, she can't smuggle in another dog. <laughs> but, you know, her worst... Or steal. Or steal, yeah. Her worst crime out oh. of everything was that she had to do this horrible video with Johnny <laughs> apologising. Oh, that is the worst. That's like, that's the punishment of all punishments. It's, um, it kind of looks like a ransom video. It does, doesn't it? You sort of expect it to pan back and have the guy with the balaclava and the gun to their head. When you disrespect Australian law, they will tell you from it. I'm going to make them an awful gun with you. <laughs> that's exactly 
what it was it like. It was like that. And offer you can't refuse. I just. I can't. They both looked like they were just dying inside doing that video. See, my biggest problem with the video was that Johnny Depp didn't look like Johnny Depp. Like, since when did he look? Well, it wasn't like- him. It was his stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> He just looked like a sad dad. <laughs> That's what he looks like when he's not dressed as a pirate. Right, okay. Bring yeah. back pirate Johnny, please. <laughs> or Donnie Downer Johnny or whatever he's, the Darko Johnny. I don't get why he had to be there at all because he wasn't the one that did it. No. Well, he should have just passed all the blame to her. Isn't that what straight couples do? I think that's what he did. Pushed right. her in and went, I wasn't there. It wasn't my jet. So they're not my dogs. Why has it got Johnny written on the side? It's not mine. <laughs> Now we are very excited because we have some guests in our studio. We have two of the cast members of a production that's going to uh, live to you tomorrow night. We were just talking about that and they're panicking. It's uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. It's Luigi and Angela. Welcome. Thank you very much. Now we were saying just before that this is actually from the writer who wrote Rent. Is that Absolutely. correct? Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the show. Well, Tick, Tick, Boom is uh, written by Jonathan Larson, who was the composer of Rent, and this uh, is a lesser-known work that he himself um, wrote and performed. So it's semi-autobiographical. It's all about turning um, turning 30 and struggling as an artist and questioning life choices whilst, you know, your girlfriend wants to settle down and perhaps have a family and your best friend is suddenly making millions of dollars in market research and you're still... Being a musician. Being a musician <laughs> and struggling to pay your rent. No, so, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be anywhere near 30, so this is you wouldn't be able to connect with this. Oh, we're, we're within the uh, age yeah. bracket. I was being very generous. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you didn't have to say that last bit. <laughs> I was almost flattered. Now, I think <laughs> I might... I, n- I need to hand my gay card back, I think, I, because I've actually not seen Rent. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's like blasphemy. I, oh, I just got the judge eyes. It's only one of the biggest musicals of the... Pu- of, you mm. know. I've seen The Sound of Music. Yeah, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Different show. Just tumbleweeds. Right, okay. tumbleweeds. <laughs> Different writer as well. No. Funny that. Um... Well, we're not going to go into telling you what Rent's about. You'll have to go and look for it. Oh, look, I'll just look it up on Wikipedia. It's <gasps> No, look it up on YouTube. Look At least YouTube. watch a proper performance of it. There's Actually, some great concert tick, tick productions. Tick, Boom would be the perfect introduction to Rent. Because there you it was go, its predecessor. It's, oh, really? So you'll get, like, a great insight mm, into the, the writer himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, the music is quite evocative of Rent, which is his more, well, his better known work. Absolutely. So you'll get to hear that great edgy rock that he was famous for. So, come along. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Is it very similar, like, style-wise for him? Music stylistically? Definitely, yeah. It it paints the the seeds of what Rent was going to become. He was all about creating... musical theatre with a contemporary sound because, mm. you know, he was writing music um, in a time where Broadway was just infested with Les Mis and Cats and Phantom of the Opera. So he was like, well, the real music, you know, at, at now doesn't sound like that. So mm. we want to bring the contemporary audiences, audiences to the theatre and make them interested in musicals again. So he wrote rock songs. Thank God for Jonathan Larson. Thank God, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He... he um is one of those people like um, Tim Minchin, isn't he, that brings in these new things that Absolutely. you just go, why isn't someone on this before? Yeah. Now, um, there's three cast members, So, you, and you've got, you were saying before, you've got a couple of swings. How long's the show on for? It's on for 
What do we do? Ten performances? Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. A couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. So they're probably not going to get to go on. No, but they're, they're actually on stage. So they, <laughs> they, they actually, you know, whilst they are swings, they are really pivotal ensemble members and oh, they're doing good. a hell of a lot throughout the show. Yeah. There's not many shows that have such a small ensemble, actually, in musicals, no, is there? What a gift. So I guess a lot of the um, a lot of the pressure would be on you two, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Quinn, who plays the third, the third member wheel. of... The third, the third wheel. wheel. The best friend. The best friend. <laughs> but yeah, it is. Well, I mean, L- Luigi, you're on stage the entire time. Yeah, I don't, I don't leave the stage for a second. And no. do you play live? Is yes. It, I, I remember you saying that. Yeah. So you're playing keys, are you? Yeah, I'm playing a piano for a lot of the show too. So wow. it's, uh, it's, it's pretty special. Mm. Mm. It's a pretty cool production in that it's regard. It's like a mini once. Exactly. Yes. That's one of the catalysts. Yeah, our director was was in once, and he brings a, oh, yeah. a vision from that. So it's. Cool. I haven't seen that either. Oh my what god! What are you good for? <laughs> Where's Michael when you need him? Michael's seen everything. No. But this Beat is exciting. I'm this excited exciting. that you haven't seen it because exactly. you can come and then you've got fresh. this totally fresh, yeah, view of it. Oh well, that that that, that is great. I'm looking for new fresh things to do. Um, <laughs> since deleting all the apps off my uh, off my phone, so now I can actually do something in real life. You're riveting, James. Riveting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing theatre, Lulu. I'm trying. Well, until we see you there, we don't believe it. Look, make sure you get down to Chapel Off Chapel. It's on the uh, 21st of April to the 1st of May, starting at... 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. I was going to say that, and then I thought I could be 7.30, so I won't say it. Uh, uh, it's going <laughs> to be... Don't want to be early. Um, These are important details. I'm going tomorrow night, and I cannot wait. It's going to be May's balls. So, uh, book now. You can book on chapeloffchapel.com.au. Let's look it up on your search engine. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to Angela and Luigi. Thank you so much. And chook us for tomorrow. Thank Cheers. you. Yeah. See you there, James. Got to see you there. <laughs> You're with Lulu and Michael, with me, James, filling in for Michael today. <laughs> Lulu and Michael, not Michael. Not Michael. Now, Lulu, I don't know if you're aware, mm. uh, but there's been a lot of action in New York over the last 24 hours um, with the primaries, uh, with the US election. Yeah, I'm not good with uh, okay. political stuff. Well, Bernie Sanders lost out to Hillary Clinton. Oh, that's good, though, isn't it? So, Well, you know, depends where you sit on the progressive st- scale. I just um, know who she is, so oh, just, that makes yeah, sense and, to me. And yay for women. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump won for the Republicans. <laughs> Oh, special. What a great job. No. Oh. <laughs> Here he is. Donald's in the studio. But he's, he's been campaigning there for a couple of days and there are just a couple of things that came out of his mouth, Lulu, that I just don't think he thought about. There is no place that's better, more fun or safer than a Trump rally. Wow. Oh, that's a lot of fun. No but, more. Nowhere safer. Nowhere you safer? No. That's the safest place. Isn't now, that where people get assassinated at rallies for presidential elections? Well, people, people have certainly been assaulted at, at Trump <laughs> rallies. Uh, they've been jailed up. They've been hit. They've been, you know, it's 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 not been a pretty sight. There have been fights, you know, because that's the best thing for America. But uh, it's not the only thing that he stumbled over. I watch our police and our firemen down in 7-Eleven, down to World Trade Center, right after oh. it came down. My God. 
Seven Eleven? Does he mean nine eleven? I don't. Does he know prime numbers? I, I, I don't know. Is seven even a maybe prime number? Maybe he means Seven Eleven. Maybe he lives near a Seven Eleven that went down. May, maybe he's doing some <laughs> little advertising for them. I, maybe he's a shareholder in Seven Eleven. His face is going to be on every Slurpee cup from here to the other states <laughs> by tomorrow. I can tell you that now. It's not really something you'd want to slurp up, though, is it? Oh, that's just tragic. Bit of Trump face. I mean, we've all said things like without realizing, but he hasn't. Even backtracked it and gone, there's me saying something I didn't want to say. But hasn't even gone back and gone, oh, sorry, I meant 9-11. Oh, yeah, no whoops. No whoopsie-daisy. Oh, dear. No. Special. Oh, Lulu and Michael driving you home, and that was the lovely steps, and love's got a hold on my heart of missteps. Have you missed them, Paul? Uh, I think I'm a 90s kid. Yeah. I, I was born in <clears throat> 73. <laughs> what was that? And it was my birthday last week. So oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. You um, didn't have a little, oh, it's my birthday. Oh, Hooray for on. the birthday. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. I was joking. Okay, oh, there we go. I'm sorry. Who was that? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> Your mum? Me. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but um, uh, 90s were really good. But I, I think uh, I saw Velvet a couple of oh, weeks yes. ago as part of the comedy festival. So that reignited my love for the, the, so the 70s, 70s, the glam. Yeah. And I reckon another glam person is Freddie Mercury, who everyone loves. I love Freddie. And I actually, he's one of those people, you know, how they always say, who would you have liked to have seen in concert? He's my ultimate, would have mm. loved to have seen him in concert. Recently, there's been a research conducted on his voice. And wow. it's a group of, of course, Austrian, Czech and Swedish researchers. Because they're the best at it. Because <laughs> they're the ones with the uh, the laboratory and the coats. <laughs> um, they've discovered that even though he was seen as a tenor, which is a high singer, he was actually more likely a baritone, which is a low singer. Yeah. So in other words, he's just one of these what, people that can sing everything. He's like a medical marvel. Yes. He um, actually once turned down a duet, an opera duet, because he was afraid his fans wouldn't recognise his deep voice. Oh. No. Well, I, I, I don't know. I can't imagine Freddie Mercury with a deep voice. It, nah. Yeah, although some of those Queen songs go way up, way down. Oh, yeah. Like, so he actually did use it quite a bit. Yeah. But he, he also had this uh, special, little special party trick he did, which was using subharmonics, which is a singing style where the folds of your voice vibrate along with your vocal folds, the ventricular folds vo- vibrate along with your vocal folds. So it's like singing a harmony with yourself. <laughs> right. Either that or a very lonely night. Yes. Um, I know someone who's actually trying to work out how to do that for her show. Oh. And it's actually a real skill. Like it, it's it's like a way of singing one note and then you harmonise with yourself with another note. So are you saying that Freddie Mercury could have done away with the rest of Queen and just he done could have it all done himself? the whole of Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> without anybody else? Well, you know what? I've actually found some audio of yeah. him. Just no music, just mm. him. I reckon this shows what you're talking about. I consider it a challenge before the whole human race, and I ain't gonna lose. Go. Is that him? <laughs> I think that was Queen. <laughs> what an amazing voice with that on the he's, music. Oh, he's just amazing. Have you seen that uh, the little gift thing of him singing and then Kanye singing? No. You've got to look it up. It's it's a wonder. We'll put it on the Facebook. <laughs> Find nice. it and put it on. It's them both singing a uh, Queen song and it's, there's no comparison there. Lovely. This is Lulu and James and Paul. <laughs> That was the uh, lovely Sophie Ellis Baxter, who uh, was whose mother used to host Blue Peter in the UK. That's just a bit of trivia for you there, Paul. Did you like that? Thanks. <laughs> You're so kind. <laughs> and uh, in the words of uh, 
Robbie Williams, she had a face like a tablespoon and ankles like his nana. So <laughs> that was also... Thought you were going to say a slapped, <laughs> slapped wet fish or something. Yuck. But the time has come to talk to the lovely Ella Caldwell, who's here from Red Stitch Theatre. Welcome, Ella. Thank you. Now hi, Lily. Hi. <laughs> You're here to tell us all about a show that's coming up on Saturday, the 23rd, is that right? Yep, Yep. take it away. So what's it called? Okay, so it's Playlist and it is a once annual event that we do each year at Red Stitch and it's a site-specific theatre, music, live music, new writing festival that's site-specific to a different venue each year. So this year we're doing it at Bakehouse Studios, which is a really exciting space that's not usually open to the public that happens to feature a number of amazing art installations as well. I think my girlfriend got married there. Really? Yeah. I think oh, she what had an amazing way. spot to yes. do that. Yeah. What an amazing place. Yep. And um, so how do you mean that it's a, a group of people? Do they have... Because it's once a year, do they get together in between and write something or... So, um, yeah, so I curate 10 different writers. So it's 10 different playlets, we call them. Mm-hmm. The... The sort of brief on playlist is that I curate 10 different playwrights and some of them are film writers, some of them are journalists, but often playwrights to choose a song around a theme. And this year the theme is dream and to choose a song that fits that theme and then to write a playlet based on or inspired by the song that is only as long as the song. Right. So they're all little so they're two little, to three minute, that's maybe right. four, if you're lucky, if I'm Maybe song. depending on what <laughs> musician you choose, it could get a bit longer. But yeah. that's right. So And so each piece is um, conceived independently. Mm-hmm. And then we give them each a room. And in Bakehouse, because the rooms are so amazing, we kind of gave the writer access to the room quite early. And so okay. they've used a lot of the artwork in the rooms as inspiration as well. Great. And they write the playlets. And then we kind of bring together a team, director and actors, sometimes the musicians that inspired the songs um, sing live. So we've got Ryan Downey okay. performing the one. And we've got Mark Seymour performing with his daughter, Eva, who is an actor at Red Stitch. Yeah. So it, it's... Um, really 10 really very different pieces and they all exist in the one space and it's a party and a bit of a festival because you roam around and you have a drink and you go to the next room and so are they all on at the same time they're scheduled it's a scheduling nightmare (laughs) sounds (laughs) like it that's what i'm asking yeah um they are scheduled throughout the event so you get there at one and there'll be a couple of them that start at one o'clock and then you know for any latecomers there's a couple more that start at 115 but each by the time you watch it and watch the song and then move out it's about 15 minutes and then another one will be starting and so they're kind of happening simultaneously but staggered throughout the building Mm -hmm. so there's 10 different rooms yeah so you kind of meander along past the bar through the hallway into the next room go into the elvis room go into the julia deville room so what happens if you come in halfway through one you just hope you know what's going on you may not be allowed (laughs) we've got ushers so you may have to wait for another 15 minutes and see the next showing of it right so they kind of run throughout it's about a four-hour event wow yeah that sounds amazing so and some of the performers you've got are obviously Red Stitch uh, alumni. They are, and ensemble. Yes, yeah, so we've yeah. got we've got a 
most of our ensemble are involved. Um, those that aren't performing, they're not performing because they're currently on stage rehearsing The River, which right. is the show we've got on at the theatre. Yeah. But, for instance, Nairi, who's in The River, has directed one of the pilots. Yeah, I saw Nairi's name there. Yeah. And Kate Cole's Kate Cole the... and I are performing together in the finale, yeah. which is um, a wonderful pilot written by Morgan Rose, who's an incredible local Melbourne playwright. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I adore, I adore her work, and she's written a song inspired by Ryan Downey's song, The One. Aww. And it's stunning, and Ryan's going to perform that live afterwards. It sounds amazing. So if you if you want a book, you can book through redstitch.net. It's at the Melbourne Bakehouse this Saturday, That's and right. it starts at 1 o'clock. That's the matinee, and then there's a 7 o'clock one So as well. there's two in one yeah. day. Okay, great. And then The River, which is on at the... When does that open? That opens the following week, so... This Saturday is the 23rd, so I think it's the 29th, if okay. I'm correct. And how long will that run for? A couple of weeks? For or? five weeks. Oh, five, so five weeks. weeks wow. Yeah. Okay, so if you get in quick, you can get tickets to Playlist. But if you miss out, get tickets to The River. They'll both be on the Red Stitch website. website. That's right. The River is an extraordinary new, new work by Jez Butterworth. That sounds great too. All right. Well, yeah, get on to it. And uh, thank you, Ella, for coming in. Thank you, Lulu. Good luck with the show. Freaking out at the moment because we have some special guests in the studio. We've got Nicholas and Eleanor here talking all things Remembering the Man documentary. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having us. Hi. Um. <laughs> now, for those of you out there in uh, Radio Land, there was a film out, was it last year? Last year. Yeah. Last year called Holding the Man, which was a beautiful movie that everyone seemed to rave about. Based and this, on the book. This which is based, everyone raves about as well, yeah. <laughs> based on a book. Now, you've done a documentary based on the couple. Is that yes. from the book and the document and the uh, film? So tell us a little bit about what it's all about. Okay, so for those who don't know, um, in 1995, a book was published called Holding the Man, written by Timothy Conagrave. He finished the book um, a few days before he died. It was published posthumously, and it's gone on to become this like seminal AIDS memoir and an Australian classic. It's now a Penguin classic. You'll see it, you know, those Penguin books, all in orange on the on the wall. It's, it's one of those. It's never been out of print. It's just, it's a famous Australian story. Um, then there was a stage version um, and Nick, Nick came across the story um, and he was like, wow, I've just heard about these, like he hadn't read the book, he just said, I've just heard about these two guys, you know, who were at Xavier together at Catholic mm. school and, you know, in the 70s and they were together their whole lives and they died of AIDS and I, I, I had read the book and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that book. Um, so we, we started investigating it and then we kind of went, Let, let's have a crack at seeing if we can turn this into a documentary. And that was five years ago and now we have a feature-length documentary. So this is totally different from the film. The film is based on, on the real story, but yeah. this, is, this is talking to the family, this is photos of the family, this is the real story. Yeah, so the film that came out uh, last year, Holding the Man, is an adaptation of Holding the Man, whereas we went in completely separately and went, let's investigate this story, let's actually make a feature documentary that's not based on the book but is actually based on the story of Tim Conagrave and John Callio. So we went in and we we tracked down their colleagues, their friends, and yeah, told the story um, from from a different perspective. So are they both deceased? The two guys? Or yeah, one of them? Um, John died. In 1992, and Tim died two years later in 1994. Wow, sad, isn't it? That's it's, cool yeah, on, yeah. It's, it, it is. It is very sad. But the the thing is that we knew when I'm um, reading the book. The book's incredibly evocative, and we thought, and I, look, I, I thought, you know what? People are going to want to see 
what Tim was like. People mm. are going to s- want to see Peppy Trevor and see um, John Callio and really experience their real story. Mm. And yeah, sure, experience the actors playing Tim and John, of course, but that, yeah. that's a different experience. You know, it's just like Harvey Milk. And Timothy Conagrave, to me, is like an Australian Harvey Milk and he, he needed a documentary to be told. He needed a feature and he needed a book. I mean, 25,000 copies of Holding the Man, the book, have sold since September last year it has gone gangbusters and it's reaching a whole new generation gay people that really had an experience the AIDS era because you know yeah, so much it's time's it's a, passed yeah. yeah it's a new it's a new thing for a lot yeah. of people isn't it but it still exists which is the thing that is uh, amazing now I was going to say with with remembering the man you've also got things that didn't make it into the book that you've got out, out of his audio transcript so there's things that you We've may not have lots. seen in the book or the film yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it adds a lot to this it adds a lot to his narrative yeah well. so um, I should say that the the film itself is is kind of narrated by Timothy Conagrave because we found this audio recording of mm. Tim Conagrave how amazing um, is that so yeah a year before he died um, the National Library of Australia were doing an oral history um, project about um, it was called Australia's response to AIDS and they interviewed all these HIV positive men and one of them just happened to be Timothy Conagrave so we had this three-hour audio recording of Tim telling his story yeah in a very sort of natural way just over a cup of you know coffee and a biscuit with the interviewer Um, and he covers like all the events you know how he met John and how they were together at school and you know him going off to Sydney and like it's all there so we use that as the backbone of the documentary he narrates the documentary and then we sort of fill in the gaps with interviews and we found an amazing amount of archive photos we've got you know footage of tim and john um just like yeah we found this like treasure trove of stuff which was like really hard work it we've, was like we've got john um jumping hurdles at xavier college <laughs> and, and a sports day that was a bit of a find remember Eleanor? yeah we've got a, a short film that tim made at school when he was at xavier college oh, so we, we've used that shamelessly you know so <laughs> yeah. tim is actually acting in the documentary how um open were the families to being interviewed and being you know part of a documentary were they um, the, pretty much the first thing we did when we decided to make the documentary was go and meet the families and yeah. also the principal of Xavier College we oh, thought yeah. those are the sort of the three kind of key sort of groups that we need to kind yeah. of go and look this, this is what we're doing mm-hmm. um, so um, yeah we went and had um, tea with um, the Conagraves um, over in Adelaide um, and they were lovely um, and they gave us photos um, and just sort of pointed us in like the direction of friends and then we went and had you know a morning tea with the Callios mm-hmm. um, who were also lovely and like gave us access to all of John's photos um, and yeah we, we tried to get people from the families to be interviewed on camera we had sort of sort of long negotiations about it and eventually they all kind of went look it's, it's a bit painful we don't really want Fair to do enough, this yeah. um, and we kind of went look okay but, yeah, okay, they, they, they helped us in other ways yeah, yeah. Like, very supportive oh yeah I mean uh, uh, like all of Tim's and John's friends basically wouldn't be interviewed by us until we could like say the families were behind the project so both, both, the, both the families too, wrote us a letter just, of support and we, yeah. like, we showed it to the friends and went with the families are okay about this yeah now yeah, we're speaking to nicholas bird and eleanor sharp about remembering the man there's something uh, kind of lightening it up a little bit the original australian production of holding the man the play went to the london west end with jane turner from kath and kim yes who yes. was actually <laughs> a friend of tim conagrave oh there you go oh, they, okay. they, they were in um oh i forgot on the theater it was a, a youth theater. No, it was oh, no. no, it was before Monash. A youth theatre in Malvern oh, when, they both, when they were in yeah. their, when they were in their, their oh, teens. Funny. Yes. So yeah, she actually knew Tim, and then she played Tim's mother in the West End production. Which, Wonderful. Um, yeah, it was pretty great. I wonder if they'll bring the stage show back now. 
after the film and the oh, I would suspect it's going to get yeah, you know get a, a, a run soon. Rehash. So uh, you've got it showing at uh, the Nova, the Nova Cinema. Yes, and it is also showing at the it's the opening night film at the Bendigo Queer Film Festival this Friday. Nice. Um, so Fabulous. if anyone's around Bendigo, or if they feel like you know going on a road trip to Bendigo, they can see it then. But yeah, it is showing at the Nova, and hopefully it'll be on there for a little while. But um, yeah, get in there soon. A few more weeks. Yep. So on the Nova website, I guess is where you can get your book, your tickets, and find times. Thanks for coming in guys no Love worries thank, thank you for having us James is back he's back from his meeting yeah I'm back I'm back <laughs> thanks for coming back it's sort of nice to have someone to chat to other than you Paul of course I know you're, you're still so here you're so kind yeah you can stop now because James is back <laughs> okay <laughs> switch your mic off <laughs> now James when we were interviewing the lovely cast from Tick Tick Boom before mm. you just dropped Luigi. a little hint to me oh Luigi yes he's lovely um, you dropped a little hint to me that you have deleted your apps yeah, I haven't deleted them all. Like, you need a map app. Facebook? Yeah, you need that. Yeah, what the have Twitter, you deleted yeah. then? I deleted all the dating apps. How many um, were there? I had, I counted them all. I had eight. What the hell? Uh, yeah, well, look, I'm desperate and lonely, so it's yeah, the thing you do. You do. <laughs> are there that many? What were they? Can you name them or are you not allowed? Oh, no, no. I had them all. Uh, I had a list of them. There was like, so there's like the Tinder Grinder Happen, uh... Recon Manhunt. There was there was a list of them. I had eight. I had, did I you have them the same the profile day. on each one? No, they had different pictures. Did you have different names? <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, I still had my name on it. It's fine. I had my same age. That so was fine. But I, it's just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to take a break. Yeah. And I watched the closing movie of MQFF. Yeah. And um, this guy was going on all these terrible dates. And I was like, oh, my God, it's me. <laughs> and then Someone's writing about my life. <laughs> this is my life right here. <laughs> and then uh, what he does is he takes his car into a mechanic I uh, know he's a mechanic. A hot guy <laughs> takes in the car, and then they like end up together. And so, so you're going to become a mechanic. Well, no, I'm going to take my car into one. Oh, right. So I need a wheel alignment. <laughs> so I'm like, this is perfect timing. This is, this is exactly for me. And so I maybe hopefully can get my wheels aligned. So you need to you need to uh, scout out some of the mechanics first, because if you take it to the wrong one, you'll just be wasting your money. Well, that's true. That is a good. <laughs> I actually was I had um, the dating app thing going on for not very long because right. my friends had said to me you have to do it we yeah. met on an app mm-hmm. oh the OkCupid I had that too yeah and um, I got every serial killer in Melbourne sending me messages. Oh, see, Seriously, they were, what the hell? Well, the, the police should just set up dating apps. Like, imagine how many crazies they'd be able to catch then. Yeah. My sister went on a date with a guy from the dating app who sat there and told her all about Al-Qaeda and how he was a member. And what? She no way. There, yes. talking about Al-Qaeda. <laughs> She's sitting there going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Well, at least it wasn't ISIS. And how he know? thought that, you know, 9-11 was great and it had happened for, you know. Oh. Yeah, she was like freaking out. Well, I, I love Middle Eastern men, but <laughs> I don't like, think he even was. I think it was just. <laughs> I guess terrorism just crosses all borders. <laughs> crosses all borders. So that sort of put me off a little bit. Wow. Well, um, that's. that's a sh- <laughs> well, you know, it's been a week and a half. How's it going? Um, Are you having withdrawals? Uh, no, no. no? Actually, well, there've been a couple of uh, weak moments. Yeah, but that's okay. Are I've, they I've, when you've had a few drinks? Do you just think uh, usually the next morning. Just. Download them again. Oh, no, no, no. You just visit porn instead. <laughs> uh, now, breaking news. Um, oh, that's the breaking news song. Oh, there we go. Now, it's a bomb. There's, there's been an update on the Sixta Minutes 
saga. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, apparently, the mother of the children, Sally Faulkner, who's in jail with... Um, she in jail in Lebanon with Tara With Tara. Brown. With TB. TB, yeah. Not, not, not tuberculosis, with Tara Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, apparently, her and her husband, or no, estranged husband, sorry, Ali Alamein, who is the father of the children... And really probably causing all the... Problems, well, yeah, because he doesn't really he doesn't really care that um, his ex wife and mother of his children and Tara Brown, the sixty minutes crew, are in jail. No, because he could stop that at any stage. No, that's right. And he said, "Oh, nah, I, I've got too much on. Oh, I'm just busy. I'm <laughs> I'm making a he Christmas sounds pudding." Sounds like a real catch. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Ladies, so, he's single. <laughs> hello, he's got baggage though. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's getting rid of them though. They're all in prison, so he should be right. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, so apparently the lawyers are saying that they've come up with a resolution to the problem, Mm -hmm. uh, which means uh, they might be released from jail soon. Right. What's the resolution? Well, no one knows yet, but... (laughs) Breaking news. No news. AP reports that the the deal might mean that uh, the mum, Miss Faulkner, could give up custody of her children. Not custody. Custody. Um, Is that like a custard? Custard. Um, Custody of their children. Yeah. um, Which means never see the kids anymore. They'll stay in Beirut. Yeah. Um, Oh, gee, that's a... But hey, get out of free jail. So, get out of jail free. And if you don't, stay in jail. Mm. Gee, thanks for that big option. Yeah, exactly. That's just... Oh, I can't even say it on the radio because no. I'm not allowed to swear. Well, it's, a little, it's, it's, not, it's not pleasant. So, but um, if, even if she gave up the custody of the kids and she gets out, what happens to Tara Brown? <laughs> See, she hasn't got any kids to give him. <laughs> no, I, I, I think all he wants are his kids. Oh, he doesn't want anyone else's. No, he doesn't no. want... No, no, no. Can you imagine if... Oh, actually, Tara, can I have your kids as well? Yeah, just give us all your kids and then um, you can all get out. I'm going to make my own little band of people that follow me across Lebanon. Oh, no. <laughs> Someone else did that. (laughs) I'm sure it's been done a few times. (laughs) Driving you home, making you feel good in the car, hopefully not stuck in traffic, but uh, probably you are. But if you are, it doesn't matter. You're listening to Joy and your love and life. That was a good dancey number. Absolutely. In your seat. I was dancing. Now, um, I was telling you guys before that I actually went to a wedding on Monday. Yeah, see, that just screams cheap to me. <laughs> like, I mean, is, isn't that isn't that so? When people are planning a wedding, like, is it is this a thing? Please tell me. It, Fridays and Saturdays, or Saturdays and Sundays, or Saturdays, very expensive. Yes. Then there are cheaper days. There are cheaper days, but I also think this one was because the bride and groom actually were mm. both actors, musical oh. theatery people. I oh, said so Monday off or Sundays so off. So Monday's the day that there's no shows. Oh, so perfect. they can get they their can guests get all their friends come. coming. So we had all the Matilda people there. We, yeah. you know, all the people that were off for the night could come and have a party with us. Well, see, that makes sense. Me. And yeah. they can take advantage of the cheapness. Yeah, yeah that's it. I just, uh, it was very odd to be drunk on a Monday night, but I, I managed it. <laughs> You were responsible. Though. I was, was, and usually, see, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical, skeptical about weddings. One because I've been married and it didn't work out, but two because <laughs> I do weddings every weekend. What? Because I do hair do for you... weddings. Oh right, I thought you just turned up to random just, weddings just, on weekends. Yeah, and just eat for free. Just, well, who wouldn't? Seriously, <laughs> good I love idea. wedding food, yeah. and you never know who you're going to meet at a wedding too. Well, I did have high hopes for this. I didn't meet anybody. Oh bugger! Yeah, um, but. 
Did I'd, you do the, the hair for this one? I didn't do hair for this one, which it was such a lovely change to one, be a guest, <laughs> and two, not have to sing, do hair, or MC. Because <laughs> everything else I do, I have to do, especially family weddings. I'm oh, always and you're doing always something. doing it for nothing. Yeah, of course. Mm. No, it was really nice, and it was a beautiful wedding and a gorgeous couple. And congratulations to Anthony and Nicole if you're listening in on honeymoon wherever you are, which you're probably not. Where is their honeymoon? They're going all over Europe, they're going to Thailand, they're going to New York. One of those five weekends. What was the cake like? The, the cake, cake was amazing. It was mm-hmm. a Superman and Wonder Woman cake. Get out. Yeah, because they look like them. Oh, seriously? Yeah, they're a bit Pictures hot. Pictures later, please. <laughs> yes. I and love Superman. Superman's like the my favourite uh Superhero, yeah. yeah, and I think it probably Very is the lycra. I think um, oh, yeah, <laughs> going back to, back to two bulge. hours ago. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, mm. and it was a very delicious cake. I think it was like an orange-flavoured cake. I've been off sugar for two years, so I actually had some sugar and quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was good. I Now, with, did these people meet at uh, at first sight? Because I know you're obsessed with that show. I was thinking maybe it was part of the, sh- part of the thing. Well, it is funny now going to a wedding and thinking, I wonder if they just met now. But, no, they didn't. They'd known each other for what, four years or something. Well, I know you're obsessed with this show. Married and so we'll come time. we'll come and talk about it in just a minute because... I've been watching the Australian one and the US one. Oh, oh my God. You're overloading on yes. it. Yes. We're talking Married at First Sight. Have you watched it? Look, I haven't. But my mum is obsessed. <laughs> she is? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've just watched the American version, which is a bit more detailed than the Aussie one because they live together. They do the old honeymoon, go live together, mm-hmm. whatever, but they mm-hmm. seem to live together for a month. Yeah, right. And then they do an aftermath, like how it's what? going six months later. Six months later? And now they're doing a sh- the ones that stay together, they do married, f- married the first year and they're filming them for the year. Oh, wow. So they've really. Like gone off with the whole concept to yeah. make new shows and get more <laughs> viewers, haven't they? <laughs> they sure have. I mean, here, I think one couple's already broken up, mm-hmm. which has only been on for like a couple of weeks. Oh, yes. I saw the advertisement for that. that yeah. Uh, couples are right. But do they force them to live together anyway? I No, because he cracked it and left and right. hasn't been there and she's been all, what's the point if so, he's not there? So I heard in the first season or something, or the latest yeah. season, the ones that hate each other at the start liked each other later? Yes. Is well, that a thing? Well, see, he did that when she walked down the aisle. He actually did a, oh, no, oh, right. face, which you'd never forget. You would never get over that, no. watching that back. No. And the one in America, she actually felt physically sick and not attracted to him. Oh, my God, I've made such a huge mistake. Yeah. And they're still together and they're married now. Holy hell. So... I think you'd have to explain that to him later. <laughs> what, does, what does that say for us walking past people down the street? That's it, isn't it? Because you you could be walking past the love of your life. We might be made for each other, Lulu. I know. Well, I feel physically sick when I see you. So, maybe. It's a good start. It's a good start. Let's see how we go in a year. We should start filming now. Yes. And yes. our own reality show. Paul, start filming us. <laughs> You've been listening to a Lulu and Michael podcast. Listen live every Wednesday afternoon from 4 on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.